1: A woo a hand clapper, a high-fiver. I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions.
0: 18 plus. Santa Claus got a dirty job, and he does it all night long. I tell you what, Mike... Man, you got a hit here.
2: (laughs) Unbelievable.
0: I can't believe it. When I saw the headline and it said, Mike Rowe of Dirty Jobs on top of Adele and on top of Elton John, I said, I got to read more. And then come to find out.
2: Between the two, I think I'd rather be on top of Adele.
0: (laughs) I don't blame you. Hey, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it.
2: Anytime man thanks for having me
0: So it's been since 1994 that I think we had a hit Christmas song I mean you tell me one between now and since Mariah Carey you actually have a number 1 Christmas song and I think this one is going to stick for holiday seasons to come I believe
2: Well I hope so all the money we raise from it goes to uh, charity John uh, Rich has folds of honor and I got this thing called MicroWorks it's a scholarship program you know for people who want to learn a trade but It was a goof, you know, I mean, that's the way this business works. Sometimes you spend years working on something that you care deeply about and nobody gives you the time of day. And then one day you walk into a bathroom with a guy in a cowboy hat and write a song and the Oak Ridge Boys help you do it. And two days later, you're on the charts. You know, you just you just never know what's going to work until you until you put it out there.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's got a catchy hook, I must say. And you've been singing a long time, right? When did you first start using your voice to sing? Did you? And you knew you had a little something in those pipes?
2: I mean, it goes all the way back for me to high school. I had a stutter when I was a kid and, um, you know, I was kind of shy. I had a low voice, but I, I didn't know how to use it. And then I got lucky, got a music teacher who uh, basically taught me that you can't stutter when you sing. And one thing led to the next. And. I wound up getting in the National Opera for, and stayed for a couple of years when I was in my 20s, and that's really how I got into the business. But I was never really a professional singer. it's just something I kind of did because I could. Um, the whole voice thing really happened with National Geographic. I started narrating those nature documentaries when I was uh, 25, 26 years old, and I've never stopped doing that. You know, So if there's a wildebeest trying to get across the vast reaches of the barren Serengeti, but being slowly eaten by a hyena. You know, that's probably me telling you about
0: what it. What a delivery, my man. Did you have a, a voice coach, or is this something you yourself taught? I mean, that delivery is pretty smooth. You're pretty good at that narration thing.
2: I don't think you can teach it, to be honest, um, but you can learn it. Uh, and, and to learn it, all you have to do is watch. You know, there's an absolute rhythm and a style and an approach that, that great narrators use, it's, uh, it's similar, they're all similar, and yet the good ones are all uniquely different as well. So you got to kind of follow their example, but then you also have to find your own thing. And that only comes with doing it. Can't teach it.
0: Not only did you get the band back together for this Santa's Got a Dirty Job, but the whole crew is getting back together for another season of Dirty Jobs. Has it really been 10 years since the last episode of Dirty Jobs? How could that be possible?
2: I know it, man. Don't they go by in a blink? We, uh, the last thing I shot was 2012 over in Australia. And, uh, you know, I came back and had an honest conversation with the network. You know, we had made our point. We had done 300. We'd shot everywhere. And I said, look, I just—I don't want the show to jump the shark. I don't want it to be anything different than it always was, which is just an honest look at a day's work through the eyes of an apprentice. And it was physically hard, too. You know, I I probably should have done this show 10 years earlier than I did. I was 42 when it started. But, um, yeah, I swore I'd never do another one. But then you know the lockdowns and essential work gets in the headlines, and so many people reached out and said it would be it would be good uh, for dirty jobs to come back just to just to show people what work looks like in in 2022, and uh, I couldn't disagree.
0: Is it true your granddad inspired the show Dirty Jobs?
2: It is Carl Noble was his name. He only went to the seventh grade, but by the time he was 30, he was a uh, electrician, an architect, and a steam fitter, a pipe fitter, and a welder, and a mechanic. He was that guy. And um, I wanted to do a show for him. Um, not a series. I wasn't looking to do a hit. I just had three one-hour specials that I filmed and, and shopped around, and the Discovery Channel took them. And uh, once we got them on the air, all hell broke loose. You know, it, Not because it was a great show, to share their stories of dirty jobs. I never seen anything like it. I mean I literally thousands and thousands of letters from people not saying, Oh, you're so funny or this show's so great, but saying, You gotta meet my mother, my brother, my sister, my dad, my cousin, my uncle. You know, wait till you see what they do. And that's when I knew we're on to something, you know, the the country needs an honest look at work. And that's what dirty jobs became. It was it was fun, but it was authentic. And, um, you know, that's why they... that Just when I thought I was out, they sucked me back in, Gentry. <laughs> and that's well, why it happened.
0: Well, us, the American people, we're the ones that get to enjoy the show. We're happy to have it back. It uh, hits the airwaves on January 2nd, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern on Discovery. Dirty Jobs is back with our guest here, Mike Rowe. Of all the 300 episodes, there's probably some you've forgotten, but there's got to be one, two out there That was the dirtiest of them all. What's the job that after you got done shooting it, you were like, damn, that was even dirty for Mr. Dirty Jobs?
2: Yeah, you know, it really depends on what you mean by dirt. Like the first season was all about crap. I mean, feces from every species, everywhere I went, I was shoveling crap because I thought that's what Dirty Jobs, you know, would be all about. And then in the second season, it was all about uh, artificial insemination, you know, violating barnyard animals, you know, it was, it just became a whole different thing. Then it became dangerous, then it became, uh, risky, then it became all these different things. So I, I don't have a good answer for you, but the ones, the ones that I remember the most are the ones that, that left me, uh, limping the next day, like, like cleaning out cement trucks. Nobody ever thinks of this as a job. But, you know, when you see a cement truck going down the highway and that that drum is spinning, well, every time it spins, it forms another layer of cement inside. So by the end of the day, the inside of a drum on a cement truck is very small. And so you crawl into this space with a jackhammer and you put on your mask and your earplugs and your goggles and you just hold this 90 pound pneumatic jackhammer and blast all the concrete away and it is backbreaking and it's difficult and it's got to be done if it's not done there's no concrete there's no concrete there's no buildings roads and bridges so it's an important job but holy crap you know most people never ever think about it and if you do it for one eight-hour shift you're going to walk
0: funny for a week Well, you've been a working man damn near all your life, like the great song says. I I know you're an advocate for trade schools. Explain to the youth out there why plumber and not English language literature major.
2: (laughs) Well, you look, the first thing I'd say is it doesn't have to be one or the other. You can be a plumber who quotes Emily Dickinson uh, and Jeff Chaucer. Or you can be an English major who understands how to fix a busted toilet. <laughs> um, the, the, the most interesting people I know can do both. But right now, the shortages in our country and the opportunities in our country are not for English majors. They're for plumbers. They're for welders. My foundation has trained 1,400 people uh, and gotten them the skills they need. And many of those people started with a welding certificate, and now make well north of six figures a year. Kids just don't understand how much opportunity exists in many of these jobs. My foundation gives away a million bucks a year in scholarships to train people in those areas. So we'll be doing that again in a month or two over at Microworks. In fact, that's where the money from Santa's Got a Dirty Job goes. You know, it's a a fundraiser for all that.
0: Give that new single a spin this holiday season. Santa's got a dirty job with, of course, John Rich from Big and Rich. I often hear you, Mike, say you refer to your friends on the left and your friends on the right in these very conflicted times we're in, Mike. Any advice to us this holiday season, how we keep our friends and our friends from the left and from the right from not killing each other? And how do you stay friends with both sides?
2: Well, look, you just have to constantly remind yourself of the things that we still have in common. You know, we all, we all still want what's best for our kids. We all still love our dogs. You know, we all share the same fears and frustrations for the most part, but we've just, we've just let a lot of outside forces divide us unnecessarily. Look, the news, the news is what it is because there's money in making us anxious and scared and so that's what the news does. And, you know, our news feeds are just, unfortunately, filled with people unfriending people. For, for what? You know, what, what's, what in the world is really happening? I think, you know, I work on shows that attempt to tap the country on the shoulder and say, hey, get a load of her, get a load of him. Wait till you see what they do, whether it's dirty jobs or somebody's got to do it or how America works or the way I heard it or returning the favor or there've been a bunch of shows, but I, it's No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My job is, I think, just to remind people that we still all get up and put our pants on the same way and walk around. we still got the same hopes, still got the same dreams. But um, this business of opportunity, that's the divide that worries me most. The idea that so many people in our country have come to believe that opportunity is dead. That's just demonstrably and fundamentally not true you know we got 11 million jobs that are open right now and so this is not a political thing to say this is just a fact if you're willing to learn a skill that's in demand there's no telling how far you can go and that should bring us all together because it's good news for everyone
0: and finally is it true your friends that you talk to on the left are those the ones that run hollywood people want to know (laughs) well
2: i'd say look far be it for me to generalize But since we're out of time, yeah, that's about right.
0: There you go. Dirty Jobs, the hit series, returns Sunday, January 2nd, 8 o'clock on Discovery. Also, listen to his podcast, The Way I Heard It. The great Mike Rowe, thank you so much for your time, and Merry Christmas, buddy.
2: Merry Christmas to you. Thanks.